0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's up, Chiefs King? And we're back with another episode of One on One with Jeff Fallon and Mike DeVito. Mike will be back soon. So right now, it's just me, myself, and I. Before we get into it, this show is brought to you in part by Cookie Society. Yes, Cookie Society, a.k.a. Cookie Cartel. It's our birthday month. We just celebrated you know, our birthday yesterday, on April 18th. It happened to be the first day OTAs as well. Um, so it's a huge celebration for us. You know, We gave away free cookies, cookie cake, all type of merchandise. We also have a discount code called Happy B-Day, promo code Happy B-Day. Go to cookieside.com for 18% off. Have a ton of, of fun flavors as we transition to May into our second retail store. There'll be a lot more things coming. Um, This is the KCSN Sports Network show. Let's jump right into it. We're going to talk about OTAs. We're going to talk about the draft since we're about nine days away from that. Um, I thought I'd start the show off with a little bit of education. We'll talk about OTAs and exactly what OTAs are. Um, It's organized team activities. Um, Started yesterday for us. We're in phase one. We we got the report out of, you know, Kansas City saying Patrick Mahomes elected to take the skill position guys and keep them in Texas during phase one, which I think is an advantage. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But let, let, let's go phase one and talk about how that goes. So phase one is for two weeks. It's four hours a day, um, and it's basically a strength and conditioning. It's you getting reacclimated, getting used to getting back into the building. There's not there's not much going on. It's just for you to get your feet wet. Um, they are in place for a reason. The league is kind of tapering things off um, so guys can stay healthy throughout the long, gruesome season. So we got ninety minutes max on the field. It's called dead ball, which means receivers and quarterbacks are only able to throw to each other on air. There will be no defense involved. There is no contact. There's no tackling. You cannot you cannot even touch a guy with a finger. Um, it's it's for that way, for a reason, non-contact so guys can stay healthy. Um, I think it's an advantage phase one being outside of the building off site with what Patrick is doing. I think that's an advantage because he's able to do some things that he wouldn't be able to do in the building because the league mandates and, and rules that are in place. But those rules do not apply in Texas. So I know Pat is out there with those new guys doing some things that he wouldn't be able to do in Kansas City, which is making the team better. Transition to phase two, which they'll probably be back for. It's the exact same as phase one. The difference is coaches can now be on the field, with the players. So now they'll come in, come together collectively, O-line, receivers, tight ends, running backs, and they'll do the same thing running plays on air versus no defense, no contact. On the opposite side of ball, defense will be running their schemes, going over their playbook, no offense involved, no contact. That's the theme of OTAs, no contact. Then you get into phase three. Phase three is for four weeks, six hours a day, three weeks of practices. So you have 10 OTAs. Now, I'm going to talk about OTAs. These are voluntary. Guys are not, not – um... sorry, my phone's ringing are not obligated to come to these things. These are, f- are fully voluntary, but the good teams have good participation. Kansas City over time usually ha- they usually have everyone come. There's only a few guys that that miss here and there, but for the most part they have full participation, which is good, which is why they've been to the playoffs every season, which is why they've gone to the so many FC championship games and, you know, three Super Bowl appearances. Um, we'll talk about after phase three, you go into mini camp. Now that's when you know there's some contact involved. There's no pads, but you have these things called spiders. They're basically shells. Um, they're the step right before you get to pads, and guys are going full speed. Um, no tackling, of course, but they're going full speed, active, going against the defense, and they're getting some good reps. You know that's usually after rookie mini caps, so we implement the rookies in, and they're they're getting the rust knocked off and getting some work in before training camp. Um, but that's OTAs in a nutshell i um, happy to hear what Patrick's doing right now in phase one. Looking forward to see what they do during this entire offseason. Um, and that's going to segment us right into the draft. What are the needs? Obviously, everyone's talking about wide receiver after the departure of Tyreek Hill. I think, of course, the offense isn't going to be the same. We're going to miss him. But we get. let's not forget we have the best quarterback in the world. We have Andy Reid, one of the best offensive minds, if not the best offensive mind. Offensive line in NFL history. Um, I don't remember a year we had an offense outside of the top 10. So I expect for the offense to come out and and still do their thing. It's going to look way different, but I do expect them to have success and fully looking forward to that. I would like to see them draft a receiver, but that's just me as an offensive guy wanting to get as many weapons as possible. But I don't think that's our, you know, our number one priority. It's not our number one need. I'm thinking defensive end because we lack pass rush outside of Chris Jones. Um, we saw Frank Clark come on in at the end of the year as he got healthy, but it's always good to have good pass rush because that fixes everything on the defensive side of the ball, especially when you have a secondary that's young or with guys who haven't gotten a ton of reps, which we're probably looking at right now. We got some some guys, you know, on the outside um, besides Snead that that need some reps that haven't gotten them throughout their career. So, which leads me to our next need, cornerback. I think I think we should draft a cornerback. Um, I like the kid out of Clemson, Andrew Booth. He's a really good guy. Um, Kid out of Washington, I think his name is Kyler Gordon. Not sure. I hope I got that name right. Um, Look it up for me. But he's a really good corner. Historically, Washington has really good corners, and he's a ball hawk. So looking for somebody that can create turnovers, that can get our defense off the field and get the ball back into our offense's offenses hands because we got one of the best. That's all I got to say about that. My ultimate dream draft pick is... I want to say Jamison Williams out of Bama. I would love for us to be able to package up some of those picks. We got 12 right now and move on up in the draft and probably snag a guy like that. Or let's talk about our priorities, get a defensive end a pass rusher. Let's transition right into questions. Y'all got any questions, drop them down below. I'm going to read them out loud. I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability. Grayson Jasper, what was, what was different from Houston OTAs and KC? Um, there was not really a difference. I think um, there was not as much participation as far as guys. There were more guys in, in Houston that didn't show up through an OTAs because it's voluntary. Um, outside of that, the, the schedule is the same. There's no contact. There's very little you can do football wise, but you're together, you're meeting you know, in the meeting room and you're getting lifts and runs in as you, you ramp up for, for training camp. What right tackle should the Chiefs draft? That's a great question. I'm I i do not know. I think um, obviously they're going to draft somebody on the offensive line. They need a young guy, you know, that can that can come in and play a multitude of, of positions. I think they got some guys in house. Like I said, Andrew Wiley, I think will start out the gate. Um, I do I do think Lucas Nang still has a future in this league if he's if he can get healthy. So we'll, we'll see what they do on the offensive side of the ball. Do you go to OTAs? Yes. Um, I am to OTAs my entire career. I think it was just good to get back to football. You know, for for some guys, they have their routine where they stay away and they spend time with family, which I think is important as well, and they they have their trainers outside. But for me and what I was doing and, and being an offensive and the continuity you have to build as a group, I just think it was best, you know, for me to be on site. Same goes for quarterbacks and receivers and whatnot. Now there's positions like defensive end and, you know, corner where these guys are just special and they're, They're one on one most of the time, so they work on their skill set individually. Ranked Jameson, London, Olivier, and who would be best for Casey? I'm going Jameson number one, Olivier number two, London three. I think they're all really special. This receiver draft is stacked. Uh, You can't go wrong with any of them. I do think um, Williams, granted that he's fully healthy, would be the best fit just because the speed element and what he brings. Um, he could be in an added dimension to the offense, and with losing Tyreek and that speed, he could he could help you know clear some of those safeties out with his speed. I like Olivier personally. Um, he's just a natural route runner, finds a way to get open. Seems like a really smart player. Know, knows the game, figures out how to sit in, in the zones and, and when when to move around. So I think he would be good in the slot for us. Um, so London's also physically. I think he has a lot of potential as well. So like I said, you can't go wrong. But my my number one guy is Williams. Um, we got a little question over here. What are your favorites? What's your favorite story from OTA slash preseason workouts? Ooh, that's a really good question. One of my favorite things about OTAs is, is like I said, is just getting together and, and getting back in the building and seeing your guys again. You know, the offseason, depending on when it ends, it, it's no matter when it ends, it seems so long. I mean, you go two, three weeks, and you're like, I want to get back to it, so, you know, When you get back, everyone's excited, eager. I think one of my favorite parts is just, you know, the pranks that we play. I I remember, you know, all the things that Dustin Coco used to do. I remember, (laughs) I can't talk about it, but this guy used to go into everyone's meeting room and draw inappropriate pictures on the whiteboards, and that's the first thing that you see the first day of OTAs is, you know, a naked person, (laughs) a naked person on the whiteboard, so. I do miss the pranks. I think that was fun, lighthearted, um, and good jokes.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: 90% of coffee from the grocery store is actually stale. You heard that right. The coffee you know and think you love needs an upgrade. Instead of rebuying the same old same old, let Trade Coffee send you something freshly roasted that you're literally guaranteed to love. Freshly roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. And for listeners, right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $20 off your first three bags.
1: Are we bl- overblowing our need for right tackle? I still believe in that. Yes, we're overblowing it. The offensive line played great last year, even with Nang out while he was in there, they played great. I think Andrew Wiley is who he is. Um, he's a dependable guy. Um, he's a guy that, that can st- he can hold his own and, and can make this offense you know, go in the right direction. So we're definitely overblowing this. Uh, no need to be alarmed. This offensive line is great. How was Shark Tank slash Mark Cuba? That was awesome. Um, that was one of those things that was unexpected. We got an email. I thought they were fishing. I was a scam um, from a third-party company that was working with ESPN and Disney, and they were doing this initiative um, with ESPN. and ended up choosing us as one of the three businesses. So it was awesome being here locally in Dallas, um, getting to virtually meet them, being able to reach out to them to this day. It's really a, a good mentorship, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Jeff, do you think the O line as currently built is more of a running line or passing line? It is a multi-dimensional line. This this line can do anything. I do think um, their strength has running the ball, but they're just as efficient passing. Um, they're road graders. They're physically dominating. They, they're physically dominating in, in the passing game. I mean, you see Trey Smith. You see Creed taking shots. You know when they're uncovered. Um, so th- th- this this guy these guys can do whatever whenever. Um, I do think we should run the ball a little bit more, some more calling and run its just so they could be more physical and, and impose their wills. Everyone talks about all the picks that the Chiefs have right now. We're, we're sitting with 12, which is ridiculous. It's ludicrous. We're obviously not going to use all 12 picks in the draft because it wouldn't be very smart to draft 12 rookies knowing you're not going to keep half of them. So. I think they're going to package some of these up and whether it be make a trade um, for a veteran guy or whether it be they move up in the draft. I, I have a feeling that Veach is on the phone right now trying to figure out a way to move up to, in the draft. You know, it's nine days away. Um, but if he can't get that done, he's going to trade for a veteran guy with some of these picks because you can't you can't use them all on the draft. Reason my asking is because I think the Chiefs should run more. Yeah, that's that was a great question. I do think the Chiefs should run the ball a little bit more. Um that's one of the critiques that Andy Reid gets gets you know some from time to time, but um I mean he does well. You, you can't you can't um critique a guy when he constantly has a top 10 offense, when he when he puts up stats and he breaks records offensively. Um but as an offensive lineman, um, that's just what we like. We like to run the ball. We like to get after guys. Plus it makes us it makes our job easier, you know, when they're trying to rush the passer. When do we get a cookie society in Kansas City? We're actually working on that. Honestly, we um, got a little thing going on here in, in, in Dallas. We got our second store open in about three weeks. It's just honestly, we're, we're just waiting on the timing. Um, it's not the easiest time right now to open a business um, with all the, with the supply chain issues and, you know, all the long lead times when you are ordering equipment and, and the, and the build out cost. So it's really expensive to do things right now. But even with all of that, we still want to make that happen somehow. And we're going to make that happen. Do you guys make vegan or keto-friendly cookies? We do not make keto-friendly cookies, but we're currently working on a vegan cookie. Um, we're looking to launch that pretty soon, so be on lookout. It's going to be online only when we do launch it. So lucky you will be shipping those to Kansas City and all over the country. Thoughts on A.J. Brown and his potential fit with KC? I love A.J. Brown. I think he's really physically dominating, one of the young one of the young guns in the league, one of the best young talents. Um, I think he would fit well in Kansas City, not only is physical, you know, you know, we're getting the ball and running after the catch. He's physical and blocking. Um, he would bring a, another weapon to the offense, another added layer. Uh, I don't know if we'll trade for him. I'm reluctant to say we're going to trade for a receiver, especially giving away picks to go and pay a guy top dollar. When we did let go of Tyree Kill, and I know A.J. Brown's looking for, a Tyreek Hill type contract, but you never know. As an O line, what do you think about RPOs? Does it make, does it make it tough on? Was it make it tough on the O line um, for us? RPOs, we block the run. So for us, we don't know whether they're running or a pass. It we automatically assume that the ball is being handed off. So our job is to treat it as a run. If the quarterback decides to pass it, you know. We're just as surprised, so we're blocking for the run. Let's see if we got any more questions. Favorite Patrick Mahomes story. All right, so this was—I want to say this was Patrick's second year. It was his MVP season. Yeah, we we're playing Oakland in Oakland, and we get to the huddle. It wasn't. It was after after an interaction with a defensive back. Um, Pat, you know, threw an errand pass and the DB was talking crap to him and, and Pat's yelling at the guy. And I'm not going to say exactly what he said, but Pat's a, a cold hard assassin. Like he, he wanted to go after the guy. So he told the guy, I'm coming right at you. We go to the huddle, call a play. Next play, we throw a bomb to McCole Harmon. Um, it ended up coming back because there was a, um, I think there was a holding call, but the fact that he had the, the guts to go after that guy the very next play and and torch him for a 60 yard touchdown was unbelievable. And, and by the way, that it wasn't holding on that play. It was, it was a bad call by the ref, but it didn't count. I wish it did. Toughest guy that I faced in my football career is Aaron Donald hands down. Um, It's something about that guy. For me, I was, I'm a bigger guy. So I've always had trouble with smaller defensive linemen um, just because of the leverage that they have naturally. Um, but with him, what made him different from from smaller guys that I've always faced is, you know, with those smaller guys, you can you can kind of sit on them and, and let them try to bull rush you. You can control them. But with this guy, he could beat you with speed. He could beat you with power. Um, extremely smart. And to add on to all of that, he had a motor out of his world. So the first play felt like the last play. This guy was like the Energizer Bunny nonstop. Um, so he he's just a unique player. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see a guy like that again. Um, just like any other greats, he is who he is. Um, I think he's personally the best defensive tackle ever, but but time will tell. Should the Chiefs focus more on offense or defense in the early rounds? I'm gonna say defense. I think offensively, we're in a good spot. Um, we have a really good O-line. We have the best quarterback in the league. We got Travis Kelsey. Um, we got two great running backs. We got a host of weapons that we just brought in. Um, so. Of course, the offense is gonna look different, but I think they got the guys on paper to put together a good offense and have one of the top in the league. Defensively, I think we need to do some work on the pass rush. Like I said, pass rush makes everything better. There's still some guys out there. Maybe we get Melvin Ingram later in the year. Um, he's probably a guy that's gonna sit out, You know, probably come right before the season starts, late in training camp, just because he's older and he's probably not getting the offers that he wants. Um, we need a corner. Maybe we go get that in the draft. I was hoping for Gilmore, we lost out on him. So I think there's still potential to get something done. Maybe there's a trade that we're not thinking about. But defensively, there's there needs to be some things filled um, in order for us to have a, a good defense. Just want to say thank you for your time in KC and appreciate the fact you remain a Chief fan. What is your favorite memory from being in KC? Um, my favorite memory was um, winning our first playoff game. And I don't remember exactly how long, but it was a long time. I just remember the year before us, um, I hate to bring it up, we lost to Indy um, in horrendous fashion. I had a 28-point 20, lead, and I just remember feeling like crap after that season. And, and we went to the next year, and we learned from we built on it, and um, made it to the playoffs again. Um, we played Houston, and and we got a win. And that was felt like the Super Bowl at the moment. I know we won one later on down the line, but just to get that monkey off our back and, and do that for the city and how excited everyone was and how happy everyone felt after that moment. It was just an awesome memory for me. And also the Super Bowl was pretty cool too, but this, that moment in time, just there was a lot of chatter throughout the city. If, you know, Andy Reid was the right guy, if the Chiefs would win a playoff game, if Alex Smith was the quarterback, like you can't win with him, all these different negative things about us. And we figured out a way to win a playoff game that year. That was pretty awesome. If you could play any other position, what position would you choose? Oh, man, that's – everybody wants to be a quarterback, but for me, I always wanted to play D-line. You know, most offensive linemen were D-linemen at one point, um, but we reached that crossroads where, you know, the coach says, hey, um, you're you're not athletic enough to play D-line, so you should probably try try (laughs) O-line. NBA championship picks. I'm liking Golden State um out the west and i'm gonna go dark horse i, I really want to see brooklyn make it i think you know that that buzzer beater you know sucked for them but i think they're gonna pull out the series against boston and go on a run so i like golden state versus brooklyn with golden state winning it remember that finally it was an amazing feeling as a lifelong chiefs fan thanks for helping with that lol yeah no problem man that was that was an awesome time Let's talk about the Chiefs wide receiver room. What do we have there now? We I mean, we got, you know, we brought in Juju Schoesmith, Smith I don't know, Juju, whatever. Um, we brought in, I hope I said this right, MVS. Um, we got Josh Gordon still. Um, we got McCole Hardman, who I think is going to have a breakout year. He had a great year last year. A lot of people are not talking about it. And I, I guess people are down on him. I don't know why. I, I see a lot of talk on Twitter. About people saying that he's a bust or he hasn't lived up to his, to the expectations. He's been the third guy the entire time. There's not much he can do. Um, he's, he hasn't had much opportunity. So I'm looking forward to with him having this much opportunity. What he's going to do with it, and I think he's going to do well. Um, I think this room. It, it. I think this room is what it is. It, it's a. It's a solid group of guys. We did lose a once in a lifetime type of guy with Tiger Kill. but a lot of people are talking about this could make the offense better just from the standpoint that. Um, Patrick's going to have to stay ready to field more. He's going to spread it out more. Each guy is going to have a different role and I think it'll make them better. What was your best pancake block ever? Ooh, that's a good question. We we're playing Oakland. Um, what year was this? I think this this was it. I don't know the exact season, but it was the year where, where Jamal scored five TDs against the Raiders and we ran a screen and I was out in the open field And I got two guys on one block. So I pancaked one guy into another. They both went down. Jamal went for about 50 for a touchdown. Do you think we should sign McCole now before he has a breakout year? Um, I think so, I mean, but I don't think McCole will. I think where they'll value him now, right now, he'll, he'll be willing to wait. So that's not something that's gonna happen. I think they're just gonna let the season play out and see what happens. I do think he's going to have a great season. I just have I have it in my heart that, you know, and I know this guy's mentality. He he he's a worker. Um, he doesn't complain much. Really humble. That's one of the things people don't talk about. This guy is super humble, despite all the criticism he gets, um, the lack of opportunity. This guy's waited his turn. So I'm full. I'm excited for him. I, I, I'm happy that he's getting this opportunity, and that they're they're believing in him. So. Yesterday, Reed stated the first phase of OTAs would be virtual, and Patrick was having most of the Hill players in Texas versus here in KC. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I talked about that earlier, but I think this is an advantage. The reason being is is phase one and phase two of the OTAs, are, are there's nothing you can really do. There's so many rules in place by the NFLPA and the league that don't allow guys to really do anything football-related. You're going and you're doing – you know, strength and conditioning, you're in the weight room, um, you go in the classroom. When you're on the field, the coaches aren't there. Um, so it's not really much you can do in the building. And you're only in the building for four hours. So there's not much time because of the restrictions. So by them being outside of the building, there's no restrictions. There's no rules. They're doing their own thing. The league isn't involved. So I think they're going to get better, um, especially with all these new faces. They're going to have more time to work together, and it's going to only going to bode well for them. I'm rooting for him. He's gonna have all the targets in the world. Excited for him too. Yeah, that's in regards to McCole Hartman. Shout out to McCole, man. I'm really a big fan of his. We all know the speed, the acceleration, um, but I'm looking forward to see him as a as a receiver, as somebody that they target a little bit more. Which team as a chief you hate that you hate the most? Uh, um, I hated the Raiders the most. I think that's just natural, just with the rivalry, and not just that. You know, sometimes people talk about rivalries and and History makes you rivals. And the Raiders haven't been very good for a minute. I mean, even when I was in the league, they weren't very good. But it's just something about that, that atmosphere in Oakland at the time, now Vegas, and their fans that make you hate them even more. I mean, they're just completely ruled their assholes. You see kids double burden you on the bus um while you're riding into the stadium. There's just people are throwing beer on you. We never want our families going to the road games when you play the Raiders. Um, so it's just that's just why you hate them. Well, guys, I don't see any more questions. We're going to wrap this thing up. Looking forward to the rest of the offseason. What's next? Who knows? Go Chiefs.